Welcome to The Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Denham. I'm a confidence mentor for women, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. My intention is to help you clear out any mental or spiritual blocks that are keeping you from leading the most happy, fulfilling, successful life that you could possibly lead. This podcast is about activating our highest potential, healing in mind, body, and spirit, and above all, holding space for our humanity as we explore the depths of what it means to be human. All right, welcome to another episode. Before we really dive in, I want to remind you that the Confidence Mentorship is only open for enrollment for about another week until November 3rd. If you join before then, you get a discount. This is a 16-week deep dive into your healing journey. It's a private container where we meet once a week, and you can apply via the link in the description below, and I can't wait to see you in there. Okay, so today's conversation We're going to be talking about five keys to starting over in life and unlocking a new you, a new version of yourself, right? So first of all, we want to acknowledge why we want to change in the first place and then define exactly what we want. And what I find is that we don't really change until we have to, right? Most of the time, change happens when we are pushed up against a wall in so many ways where we just can't handle the heat and the pressure that life has put on us anymore, that we're feeling so unsatisfied that something has to change. Um, I think we can all relate to getting a little bit too comfortable in the dull or the mundane and just kind of like accepting and surrendering to parts of life that aren't bringing us the most pleasure, but we I wouldn't say surrender, actually, I would say settling, settling for parts of life that really aren't bringing us the most joy, but we just aren't sure that we could do any better. Um, But then we probably find ourselves in a rut or in kind of a pit of despair, you know, where where things just aren't falling into alignment and we just know that there's got to be something more, right? So I think this is where the crux of change begins to happen, where we just can't stay in that cocoon or that chrysalis anymore like we have to break out of that we have to be birthed into the butterfly we've got to get ready to release out of that shell so during this process it's really important to understand our why and understanding why we want to change and I actually think it can be quite simple and this is something we can keep coming back to over and over again in life it's just to be an explorer and to live more fully and to recognize that we're here, we're here for a short and potent time in this human experience, and sometimes it can feel very drawn out, but I think all of us feel this, like on our birthday or New Year's, we look back and we're like, oh my God, that year went so fast. So my intention is to keep coming back to that playfulness and that enjoyment of change and really remember that we are explorers here and there's so much to learn and there's so much to be garnered and understood. Um, and I find that we really deepen our spiritual healing and our spiritual journey by by birthing and rebirthing ourselves again and again like that. And it doesn't have to be so chaotic. This can certainly um, be a peaceful journey through, but for sure, it, it uh, requires some unblocking with each evolution of self. So acknowledging why you want to change. So I was just mentioning mine is usually just to continue exploring and to continue growing. And maybe that changes like simply you just don't want to feel so bad anymore. 
that's enough of a motivation in itself, right? Like you just are so sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. And on the flip side of that, the opposite to that, maybe you just want to see what you're really capable of. Maybe you have always known that you are destined and meant to do something a lot bigger and that you've been playing it small for a really long time. So it might just be like you are feeling so called and so pulled to your destiny, to your dharma, that you just have no other choice. The universe is like, okay, you've been sitting on the edge of this little fun cliff for a minute. We're just going to flick you off. And then the free fall begins where we really get to uh, practice surrender and trust in those moments. So yeah, once you're clear on your why, it makes it a lot easier and more potent to move forward with direction. Your why is your direction. Yeah. And then we can bring in what exactly we want to happen and what we want to unfold. However, I will say manifestation in so many ways is still a form of control when we think about it. It's still not fully surrendering to the universe. So um, I think it's beautiful to make lists and plans and everything. And, and I love that. But I think it's also really important to be open to the element of surprise during the manifestation process because if we cling so hard to our plan and what we think should happen and what we assume has to unfold for it to be good for us sometimes we can block our blessings in other ways sometimes there's a door open right next to us that we aren't aware of um, because we're just not willing to look up and look around so when I am practicing manifestation, I'll just try to keep my spirit really open and phrase it more like it would be so wonderful if this or something better happened. It would be so wonderful if this or something better happened. And really, I'm sure you've heard this before, but focusing on the feeling of what you want rather than the actual object. So if you're trying to manifest um, a partner, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, really focus on what that feeling is. Do you want to feel more deeply into your sensual and sexual embodiment? Do you want to feel more connection in life? Do you want to feel safe and held and seen and celebrated? Focus on those feelings so that you can draw in the right person. I was seeing this really funny TikTok last night. I think that was like your type is like actually not your type girlfriend for any of us who have uh, had uh, boyfriends that are like on paper amazing perfect but uh, emotionally the connection is not off I was laughing at that because I was like the, the type of men that I've dated in the past have been wonderful but I manifested them not focusing on the feeling they came in because I was focused on either physical or uh, financial or adventure kind of attributes uh, more shallow attributes for sure so my journey into calling in a new partner right now is definitely more focused on kindness and compassion and artistry and open-mindedness and spirituality so you know what I mean let go of the how let go of the how it's going to happen and I would say even be flexible with the what like what exactly it's going to show up like because there are so many options out there and so many openings and as we strengthen and grow we also become magnetic to heightened experiences as well so the place in which you're calling in a manifestation from right now might be different from who you evolve into in say a couple months as you deepen your healing journey you might be ready to receive something even bigger but you've limited yourself with your manifestation list. You know what I mean? So just keep it open. Keep it open to surprise. Keep it open to blessings. Everything is working out best case scenario. 
Okay, so that's our first key, acknowledging why you want to change and what exactly you want and staying open to how it's going to unfold. Okay, number two, overcoming the fear of the unknown and moving into surrender. So I think this just piggybacks on that first note of um, releasing control around how the circumstances unfold. Um, and moving into surrender. So I'll just mention this little story. I was in a beautiful breathwork class last night and uh, we were doing a sharing, a sharing moment in the beginning. And the prompt was, when is a time in your life where you thought everything was crumbling, but it was actually working out for you? And one of the guys in the circle told this great story that he actually heard in church. And the story was this, there is a man, um, standing on top of his roof during a torrential storm and the rain was coming down and the first floor was filling up with water and then the second floor was filling up with water and okay the water's creeping up he's getting closer to drowning and these two guys come by in a boat and they're like hey bud jump in we'll we'll take you to shore we'll take you to safety and the guy on the roof is saying no i'm god has got my back i'm surrendering to the elements i'm going to be saved everything's going to be okay you go on your way i'm protected my faith is protecting me. I'm surrendering to the elements. And they say, okay. And they leave him on the roof. A second boat comes by. The second boat comes by and they say, hey, bud, the water is really rising. Jump in this boat. You only have like one more hour until the water overtakes the house. Get in our boat. Come on. And the man says, nope. I'm, I've, God has got me. I'm waiting. I'm going to wait this out. I'm surrendering to the storm. I'm going to be safe. The waters are going to recede. I'm good. You go ahead. So they leave. The water is now creeping up to the top of the roof and he's got a few inches left and a helicopter flies over and it drops down a line and it says, hey, grab this rope, grab this rope. This is your last chance to get out of here. Your last chance to get out. Okay, grab the rope and we're going to take you to safety. And the man says, no, I'm surrendering to God. I've got this. And the man dies. He dies. Okay. He goes to heaven. <laughs> he talks to God and he says, God, why didn't you save me? I was on that roof surrendering to you. Why didn't you save me? And God says, I gave you three opportunities to be saved. I sent you three different people, three different groups of people to save you. And you didn't take any of those. So <laughs> I loved that story and that example of, you know, sometimes our blessings being directly in front of us and a door being open, but because we're so dead set on how we expect something to happen or we don't trust in the process and the doors that are opening for us enough, uh, we lose ourselves in the fray of it all. So I love that little story. And I think that's honestly all I'll say, that little story about moving into surrender and overcoming fear of the unknown. Um, is just to look for those open doors and expand your perception and understand that no matter what happens, even if it seemingly feels bad or out of alignment or really scary, there's a really, really important lesson for you to learn there. Raise your hand if you feel like you're going through a quarter-life crisis. Oh my goodness, I've been there. This can feel like a rock bottom, like you've hit a plateau in life, like nothing's really seeming to manifest that you're calling in and you're kind of unclear on where to even turn. You know you're ready to feel better, but how exactly do you go about that, right? I know what it feels like to throw everything at the wall as well without getting results and nothing helping. That was me five years ago. If you're listening to this podcast, you you're ambitious, you're probably ready and willing to evolve and change, and you know that it's possible to lead a happy, fulfilling, purpose-driven life, 
You know that you could feel confident in yourself, but you just don't know where to start. This is exactly why I've created and why I offer one-on-one confidence mentorship. Our work together is to bring loving awareness to those limiting beliefs and alchemize them so that you can finally step into the woman you've always known that you could be and bring you back home to yourself. What I love about this 16-week program is that we initiate huge action in your life to help you evolve into your highest self at 10x speed. It's been truly amazing to see my clients quantum leap from week to week. Head over to my uh, website to take a look at those testimonials for your expansion. Um, But if this is feeling resonant on a soul level for you, if this is feeling like a full body yes, that you're ready and willing to dive into your healing journey, just click the link in the description below to apply and I'll see you on your application call. Thanks for listening. Whatever ends up triggering you or scaring you is going to hold a really potent and really valuable lesson. And I've been talking about this a little bit over the past month, but one of my biggest lessons, and I think for all of us as we exited that south node in Libra, was overcoming people pleasing. And if you want to, you know, hear more about that, tune into the live that I put up on my Instagram on Sunday. We're going to be doing Instagram lives every Sunday, by the way, guys. So come hang out over there. Um, But yeah the themes of people pleasing are really helping us to strengthen our boundaries at this time. So maybe a lot of you guys can relate to that because that was the collective energy going on. How can we strengthen our boundaries? Where are we accepting mistreatment of ourselves and of our peace? Where are we putting ourselves second basically to make someone else happy or to be liked or to be loved when really what we should be doing and need to be doing is choosing ourselves first, deepening the love of ourselves and trust of ourselves and choosing ourselves first so that we can connect even more deeply of course on the flip side with everyone else and usually in the beginning in the uh, reaction phase we do it the opposite we try to please somebody else to be liked and then we think that's going to breed connection but um, healthy boundaries um, help everybody help everybody yeah so lean in lean into that discomfort because there is there is a pearl of wisdom to be to be gathered there okay third part of this third key to starting over in life and unlocking a new version of yourself is patience being patient and persistent patience and persistence um, this is what makes people win in the long run doesn't it patience and persistence even when it feels like the darkest night you know that quote it's like the sun rises just around the corner right after the darkest darkest in the night so we're really asked to practice patience and persistence in these times because when things aren't going our way, this is when the true test comes in. It's like, can you actually trust yourself? Can you trust the universe? Can you surrender a little bit more? Can you start swimming downstream a little bit more actively instead of pushing up against the current of life? What if you allowed it to be a little bit easier? Um, And that doesn't mean not taking action. It just means continuing to show up and watching our self-talk, watching how we speak about life in the difficult moments. I think this is the crux point here. How do you speak about yourself and about your environment when things seemingly aren't going your way? Do you shift into negativity and fear? Do you kind of curse the world for not working out for you? Or can you still remain optimistic and positive and say, I'm going to keep trying. And even though I'm uncomfortable, I know that there's something really juicy to be learned here and I'm going to trust the process and I'm going to keep getting back up. That's really been something I've been deeply integrating as well is just, especially during change and navigating new cities and new, a lot of new people. And, and, um, all of this is just like, okay, 
really leaning into that positivity and keeping my sight strong and forward, forward thinking, not backward thinking, you know? So that's the persistence there. The persistence is a mindset to keep showing up. Even if you're like, I don't really know what this is doing. You know your why. You know why you're there in the first place. So that's really going to help you. Um, But yeah, patience as well. Things don't happen overnight. Sometimes it takes a month. Sometimes it takes a year. Sometimes it takes two years. It takes the amount of time that it takes. And you're on your own path. So there is just no use in comparing yourself with anybody else unless you are getting inspired. So shift that word comparison into inspiration. Find those expanders and actually, you know, there's a, if you want to go back and listen to any kind of episode on envy or jealousy that I've put up in the past, those are great too, because we really talk about shifting and alchemizing envy and jealousy and comparison into expansion and inspiration, because those are the people that are leading you toward your greatest potential. So coming back again to everything is working out for you and unfolding for you, even in the discomfort. And I think, you know, we can let it be difficult sometimes. Not everything has to be easy all the time. Like there is beauty and there is wisdom in, in those painful places. And I found this also last night in breath work. I hadn't done breath work in a while and our teacher opened up the circle. She was like, okay, we're going to be breathing for an hour, 50 minutes. And I was like, oh my God, what? We're going to be doing this heavy mouth breathing for 50 minutes. And um, yeah, because usually when I meditate, I'm usually doing about 30 to 40 minutes. Um, you know, so I was like breathing, active breathing for 50 minutes. Okay. All right. All right. And I was freaking out, I was scared. But sure enough, at the end of the session, I was able to breathe the whole way through. We all were, the whole group. It was so cool. And it, it passed like it was nothing. But it was the willingness to show up in the face of discomfort and do it anyways. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Feel the discomfort and do it anyway and breathe through it and stay committed. It was really amazing. I think beyond any of the emotional activations or the breath work itself, the discipline of staying with the breath was the most transformational for me last night for sure. So patience and persistence and continuing to show up in routines that are in alignment with where you're going. So this is where grounding is really important when we're practicing that um, persistence there is just having our days kind of scheduled out in in a way that's going to make us feel grounded so that we don't get shaken so easily, like our roots are down deep so that our branches are strong and the tree doesn't break in the wind, right? Think of yourself like a tree, putting those roots way down and the root systems are your habits and your routines and what you go to every day to stay grounded, to stay rooted so that even as the wind kind of sways you, you're still okay. So I think a lot of us actually have habits and routines that we don't even acknowledge. Like, what are things that you do every day that just make you feel a little bit better? Um, The first thing I do in the morning is call a family member. Usually it's my sister, and that wakes me up in a feeling of connection. We always check in in the morning. We set the scene for the day. Then I make um, an iced lemon water that just, like, flushes my whole system. That feels great. I do my gua sha. I make my bulletproof coffee. I get out and I get some sunlight. I go to the cafe, I journal a little bit, I listen to my meditation. Um, The meditation and the journaling and the walk have been a little bit more like, um, I'm, I'm trying to make sure I'm doing those every day, like a checklist a little bit. But 
um, over time, it becomes second nature and it just becomes a part of your root system. So everything else I was mentioning, like the little things in the morning, if you were to ask me, do you have a morning routine? I might say no, but actually I do. And I think that you do as well. So I think the importance here is to recognize what makes you feel safe and nourished and grounded and make sure that you bring those pieces of safety into your next environment as you change. Okay, fourth key here. Zoom out to see the big picture. Really zoom out to see the big picture and the essence of change and why you're here as a spirit having this human experience. What do you feel like you came here to learn? I think we all came here to learn how to love and return to love. I think we really are here to figure that out. Some of us are newer souls learning how to lean into that at a slower pace. And some of us are, are at the top there at a quickened pace. There's nothing good, bad, or wrong about any phase at all. But I do think that every single one of us is given a lesson to return closer to love. And I know that we see so much violence in the world, so much hatred. It's very scary out there. But I still think that we all come here to learn how to love. And if that means being... Um, in a really violent situation for this lifetime or for your dharma, you're, there is a lesson always for our souls to learn. And sometimes the fastest learning for a soul happens with trauma. Now, I know that can be extremely triggering, but um, I love to be, I'd love to research um, past life regressions and uh, Journey of Souls is one of my favorite books to read. And, and he really dives into explaining this through case studies of what people see in a quantum healing journey. Um, when they pass and they look at lives that were perhaps filled with trauma and they discover, you know, why they went through that lifetime um, and why they incarnated to experience such a heavy pressure cooker fast. Some of these people that experience trauma are rapidly evolving souls and there's a reason for that. So that's what I choose to believe and it feels the most resonant and, um, you know, I think we can all look at relationships in our lives that have been difficult or challenging, and we can understand that those are the most potent teachers for us, and they have helped us grow the most, right, and lean into love and return to love. Flynn, Flynn Skidmore, who's been on the podcast as well, you guys, go back and listen to his episode. He's just fantastic. We love Flynn, right? So Flynn posted this on his story this morning, which I took a little note of. He said, I'm existing as a student of change. I'm existing as a student of change. I'm going from disempowered to empowered, transitioning from fear to love over and over and over and over again. And that's what we're really doing in this work. And I think if you're someone listening to this podcast, you're on this journey, you're on a healing journey, right? Um, and that that's what it means to be a student of change is to keep leaning into our healing, the ebb and the flow, the ebb and the flow, disempowered to empowered, uh, fear to love, fear to love. It's all a return to love. That's the journey. The other thing here when we're talking about zooming out to see the big picture of the soul is we identify so heavily with our physical appearance, our bodies, our things, even our mental chatter. And what I love about Joe Dispenza's meditation is that he gets you to expand beyond the body, beyond the mind into the quantum realm. So something he'll do is have you visualize like the space in between the cells in your body and he'll have you tap into like the space behind your back the space above your head, the space beyond your shoulders. And it makes you feel like you are a part of a parallel reality where there is no form. And you start to remember that like, 
there really is no form. All of we're, we're all malleable particles that are just being held together by friction or a lack of friction. But everything is energy. Everything is energy. That's a beautiful thing about meditation and especially Joe Dispenza's style is he really brings that into a tangible feeling for us. Okay, we're on to the last one, fifth and final. The fifth key to starting over in life, to unlocking a new version of you, is to understand that we bloom where we are planted. We can't start over in the same environment that we felt stifled in. And I actually primarily mean this from an energetic perspective, because you've heard that quote, wherever you go, there you are. So sure, an environmental shift can actually shake things up, and we'll talk about that in a second too, but when we talk about blooming where we're planted, the emotional state is what we're talking about. The emotional state dictates your external environment. Your internal world completely is mirrored by your external world. So this is why deepening your healing journey and going within and really prioritizing that and investing in the strengthening of your internal well-being has such a ripple effect because it is your outer world as within so without so blooming where we're planted so really get used to checking in with yourself on a daily basis a regular basis at least to say okay what is my internal environment like am i treating myself like my own best friend am i treating myself like someone i deeply love is this a pleasant place to live is my mind a pleasant place to live? Treating your mind like a garden, tending to that garden, planting new seeds, planting new seeds, watering that garden with love, with affection, um, with that with that conscious awareness and with that conscious loving awareness. Um, because no, truly, I have experienced this so deeply. You know, I I move not that much, but I move more than the the regular person. I think I, I like to move a lot. I like to be in different environments. Um, you know, but I have definitely noticed like, am I moving because I'm scared of like myself and I want to change my internal world and I'm thinking that my external reality is going to change it or what's going on there. Um, and for the most part, I think I've, I've gotten pretty good at that of not like running away from my, my issues. I, I certainly would do that in my early twenties. Like I would book trips a lot just to kind of like run away and then I'd get there and I'd be like, what am I doing here? I don't understand what the purpose of this is. So now that we understand that the internal world, the garden of the internal experience is the most important, we bloom where we're planted there first and foremost, we can certainly talk about changing your physical environment. And this gets into the essence of the body. If you feel unsatisfied in life, turn to the body, start eating healthier, hydrate more, exercise, walk, your vibration will raise for sure, for sure, for sure. And part of the reason now we're shifting into actual moving, uh, moving environments, if you're feeling called to do that, part of the reason I moved back to New York City was because I knew I'd be more active. And I really felt like my body needed to move more. I needed to meet new people. I needed to be dressing in a way that felt more exciting. I needed to have the mental activity heightened here. And I certainly needed to be around people that were inspiring. Um, you know, artists, people that have big ideas, people are, that are working on big projects um, to feel inspired. I didn't want to be, not that I was, but I didn't want to be a big fish in a little pond somewhere like Portland, Maine, where there aren't a lot of like healing opportunities there. Not a lot of people are meditating in general, just not a lot of opportunity. I like being a small fish in a big pond somewhere like New York. I don't want to always be the one that is the know-it-all in the room. I, I want to be a, a student. I want to be learning at all times. And there are 
times and places where I am the teacher and there are times and places where I'm the student, but I think it's important to stay in that mindset of always learning. And when you feel like you can't learn anything in a certain place anymore, then it's time to go. It's really asking yourself, where can I feel more vital and more alive? Um, and I also know that I don't do, I don't really thrive that well in the cold <laughs> and I don't thrive that well in cities for a super long time. So, um, I've got another little adventure on the books for the new year. So, um, I won't say anything about that, but um, I'm very excited for that adventure. I have a one-way ticket somewhere. We'll see how long I stay there. Um, and I think New York, New York is going to be my home base like for a very long time, but I'd love New York to be kind of like a, a touch-and-go place where I stay for a few months, I travel for a few months, come back and forth. That's what I'm trying to call in. Um, I am calling it. We love it. Okay, guys, so those are our keys. Those are our keys. Little recap. Number one, acknowledging why you want to change and what you want and letting go of the how. Number two, overcoming the fear of the unknown and moving into that level of surrender. Number three, being patient and persistent, putting your roots down deep with your habits and routines that support you. Number four, zooming out to see the big picture on a quantum level, understanding why your soul is here and what you're here to learn. Number five, we bloom where we are planted. First of all, internally and secondly, in the body and then in our external world and where we choose to live. Okay. All right. I love you so much. Thank you for being here. Oh, my hair clip just fell. You probably heard that. All right. I'll talk to you guys next week. And in the meantime, uh, check in on Instagram for our Sunday Instagram lives. Okay.